Thanks, Matt. It's been, uh, it's been great to be back. I, I can't say it enough. It really has. Uh, the trip down memory lane, our pictures buried in the back, dank hallways. So many of us continued on. Matt's here, and I'm a word of life, and they put our pictures in the back room. It's terrible. I keep plugging for that, get us moved up top or something, but it's all right. It's, uh, it was a good walk down memory lane. But as I did it, uh, I, w- I rejoiced in what God has done through so many of us from our classes and those we went to school with. But at the same time, it was sad too. Because many have not continued to fight the fight. And uh, I- I'm passionate about preaching this morning for many of you still in high school. So far ahead. Uh, but I look at three years of Bible education and friends not walking with the Lord still. It's not about coming to Bible school either. It's about the heart, as we've just sung. God needs our hearts. As we talked about last night, we can go to church, we can take communion, we can do all the right, seemingly right things, but if our heart is not right with God, there's going to be a time in our lives where we just walk away. And I hope God has your heart this morning. I hope you're willing to earnestly contend for the faith as we turn to the book of Jude this morning. Uh, for more information about our Bible, the Bible Institute and to keep in touch with us, we publish a blog, usually a couple posts every week. So if you'd like to see some of the classes and what students think about that or some of the events that are going on on campus, you can stay in touch with us through the blog. You can write comments there and find out what's going, what's going on. Uh, the post that's there is an article I wrote about discipleship. One of the things that I'm passionate about, and the reason that God's brought me uh, to the Bible Institute ministry, is I want to see people not just know the Word of God, but I want them to learn to do it. And Jesus said in His Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples. No mention of evangelism. Now evangelism is part of it. No mention of evangelism. Make disciples. And what does that look like? Teaching people to obey everything that Jesus commanded. I've not obeyed everything that Jesus commanded. Have you? So the work's not done. And that's, that's really my heartbeat, and that's what I long for, is to see people not only come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, but to grow in that relationship, and then pass that on to others. And so, uh, as students here at New Brunswick Bible Institute as well, uh, at Word of Life, we're involved in academics and a ministry of teaching. Word of Life, we're involved in student life, and a ministry of pastoring. And at Word of Life, we have our ministry department and we're missionaries that share the gospel of Jesus Christ and train, and train people to serve Him. That's the Awana logo. Well, I, use it, I, I was raised in Awana. I, uh, I use it at the Bible Institute a lot too. But uh, as students, if you're interested in doing a fourth year with us, we'd love to have you uh, to come and to share in the ministry that God has given us through snow camps and summer camps and the Bible Institute all year long. And so uh, we would love uh, to keep in touch a little more. Uh, Leaders, if you would, if you're uh, not familiar with uh, local church ministries resources, then you can take one of the web cards. And uh, the PowerPoints that you've seen this weekend all came out of local church ministries. So if you like that kind of format and you'd like to use those things as a teaching tool, then you can take one of these little cards just out of the table. Please, again, take them. I don't want to take them back with me. So leaders, if you would take that. And then if you're interested in having one of our ministry teams come and visit your church, then that's what this little brochure is about. 
And again, if you would like to keep in touch with my wife and I, come find us on Facebook. Check in with our Facebook ministry page. And uh, we would really appreciate if you'd pray for us as missionaries as we seek to share God's Word and have it impact the lives of others around us. This morning, we're going to finish up our book of Jude. And so let's turn there in our Bibles as we talk about contending for the faith. And today, we're talking about the battle plan. We talked about the fact that there is a battle, and sometimes the battle starts within with our own skepticism and making sure we get the answers to questions, and then being honest with those answers that we find and buying into them. Then we talked about the battle cry that we need to earnestly contend for the faith, and we need to give diligence to our faith. We need to spend time working on our faith. Just as Jared spent all those years working on athletics, we need to spend time working on our faith. And the way we do that is by, number one, knowing the faith and then doing the faith. Are we really committed? Are we really in this battle? And then last night we considered the other side of the battle that's raging in our churches and our youth groups and Christian fellowship groups and the fact that there's a mission field all around us right where we are in church and here this weekend because there are many in our midst, just as the first century, who are walking separate from God, sensual lives, without the Spirit, and just faking it. And we want to make sure that we're not on that side. But what do we do about those people that are in our midst, and how do we live the life that God wants us to live? We've made up the call for dedication, so what does that look like? And I wanted to get really practical this morning as we turn to Jude and look at verse 17. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this little book. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being able to study an entire book of the Bible this weekend together. Lord, I pray that that, uh, as young people and leaders, we've gotten just a taste of your word and we would just want more. I pray for the young people and each one of us, Lord, that we would be driven to your word to find the hope and the help that we need to live lives that would please you and would reach others for you. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts this morning. May we be a part of your battle plan to earnestly contend for the faith. May we live lives that are different. May we share that with others. In your name, amen. In in verse 17, we're going to pick it up in the narrative. It says, but beloved, uh, again, Jude wrote to the beloved in verse 3, and then in verses 4 to 16, basically, he talks about this group of people that are in the church, ungodly people doing ungodly things in ungodly ways, and judgment is coming for them. He turns this now, at the end of the letter, back to the beloved and talks specifically to the believers. And this is what he wants believers to do in order to earnestly contend for the faith. And so he gets really practical starting here in verse 17. He says, But beloved, remember ye the words that were spoken of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there would be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual and having not the Spirit. We looked at that verse 19 last night. But in verse 17 it says, But beloved... Remember the words of the prophets. Remember the warnings from the words. We talked about the importance of getting into the Word yesterday morning. This book needs to be our spiritual food. 
And getting back to that parallel, think about it. How often do we feed our physical bodies? I mean, we do it all the time. We've got three meal times on the schedule, and how many snack times on the schedule? And then the snack shack is open, and right? We, I mean, we don't go. Any little twitch in our side is like, oh, I got to eat in our culture, right? We feed our physical bodies, and we would never neglect that. And we live in a country and in a culture where we don't have to worry about that because we have the luxuries of food and snacks and extras. We've got nothing to worry about. And we wouldn't think of starving ourselves. And yet, spiritually, when was the last time that you sat down to a filling spiritual meal in the Word of God to feed your spiritual soul? Along with that, I always leave the challenge as well. And as we've talked about, it's good to sit and listen to those who have studied the words for years and are going to share it with you. And maybe your parents do family devotions and your pastors and your youth leaders share the Word of God with you. That's great. And that's important in our lives. But you know what it's like? It's like being spoon-fed. Now, how many of you If your mama showed up this weekend, I'm not making fun of your mama, but some of your moms would actually do this, so some of you are even going to squirm in your seat. Imagine you're in the meal at mealtime, you just got your seat in there, and you you got your food and stuff, and and you're getting ready to sit down and eat, and and your mom walks in and said, honey! You're like, oh. You're trying to hide, but she sees you because she knows her baby. And she walks up and says, oh, I've missed you this weekend so much. And she pulls you up out of the seat and then she sits down and she puts you on her knee. And she said, I love you. And she's talking sweet words to you as she's smashing up your food. And she says, I love you so much. You are my precious darling. And she's smashing your food. And then she takes a spoon and she begins to feed you in front of all of your peers. Some of you are like, yeah, my mom would do that. I wish you hadn't even spoken those words. (laughs) I'm like scarred with with the thought of that even happening at lunch. Have you talked to my mom about this? No, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? I mean, we... Some of us, as soon as your mom walked in and said, hey, honey, you'd crawl under the table. I mean, if that actually happened, you would want to die at that moment of embarrassment. But some of us, that's all the spiritual nourishment we get. Sometimes we don't even bring our Bibles when the pastor speaks or the youth leader speaks. And we're just spoon-fed like little babies over and over again. And how often do we eat in a week? Once? Sunday morning? Maybe? Twice? Youth group? Maybe Sunday school? Some of us eat three times a week. we got Sunday school, church, and youth group, and that's it. Three times a week? Are you kidding me? How often do you feed your face? You imagine only feeding your face three times in a week? No. How often do you feed yourself spiritually? It should be embarrassing for us. Some of you have known the Lord as teenagers now. Some of you for 10 years, maybe more. And yet, you're still being spoon-fed. And the only time you feed yourself spiritually is when someone gives it to you, in a sense, just forces it to you. 
And sometimes, I mean, you don't even care about that. You just sit with your arms crossed and the Bible out. It's like, yeah, impress me. It should be embarrassing to us in our spiritual walk. And Jude says, step number one, we need to have a firm foundation. We need to heed the warnings of Scripture. And we need to feed ourselves on the Word of God. I don't want to suggest to you this weekend either. We're going to go home and we're going to begin to try and do our devotions. And you know what's going to happen? Distractions. Satan is going to do everything in his power to make that time when you finally sit down with your Bible and say, okay, I heard the words. Uh, John went at that this weekend. Mr. Ward was talking about all weekend. I know i got to do it because I've heard it. I know this stuff. And you're going to sit down to do it and the phone's going to ring. Or your cell phone's going to buzz. Or the blip on the computer screen is going to come up because you just got a message. Or your house is going to catch fire. I don't know. There's Something's going to happen. <laughs> Satan is going to try his hardest to interrupt that time. But are you going to be committed to allow a firm foundation in your life where you sit down and learn the Word of God for yourself? It's not going to be easy. Jude reminds the believers... Remember the warnings of the prophet. There are people that are going to distract us. There are people that are going to tempt us. There are people doing ungodly things in ungodly ways all around us. Is it going to be cool in your youth group to live for God? Not if you live in the same kind of church that Jude describes, which is most of our churches today in in the world. Why? Because there are people What is the peer pressure in your youth group? I've been around a lot of youth groups over the years. Ten years traveling on the road. uh, Hundreds of meetings a year with our impact team. A lot of youth groups. The peer pressure is all about mediocrity. It's all about the mask we talked about last night. Just go to church. Take the communion cup. But if anybody steps up and says, I want to know the Word of God. I want to do what's right. What is it? You just like... Stare them down. Like, step down, son. Don't get too crazy on us. Jude gives a warning. Jesus warned His disciples as well. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. If you want to live for God, if you want to take on Jude's battle plan, it is not going to be easy. I can promise you it will not be easy. Now, I can also promise you it will be blessed by God. But it will not be easy. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. In John 16.33, but then He goes on with these words, but be of good cheer. Take heart. For I have overcome the world. God will make things right someday. The battle lines are being drawn. What side do you want to stand on? 